that you have begun in them, my God, and you will bring to completion, Father God. I pray, my God, that we will remove ourselves, O oh Lord, and Holy Spirit, let it be you flowing all through the songs, flowing through the music, hallelujah. Father, that our praises will be like a sweet-smelling fragrance before you, Father God. I thank you for every leader in this house, oh Lord, Father God, that sacrificed their time, my God. Oh Lord, Father God, to work in your work, oh Lord, for your kingdom, oh God. I ask that you will bless them a hundredfold, my God. For those that are faithful to you, my God, and the little, my God, you will put in the much, oh Father. Holy Spirit, you are welcome. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. Oh, if you know that God has been good to you, just say hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Say something, but acknowledge him for who he is. He is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. Oh, hallelujah. He is the great I am. Oh, yes, hallelujah. He is the great physician. He is your provider. He is your helper. He is your guidance and your counselor. And most of all, he is a friend. And he sticks closer than any brother. Don't leave today like you came in, in here. Allow the Spirit of the Lord to minister to you today. Allow the Word of God to rest in your heart. But don't only hear it, but act on it. Act on it because it's through His Word. It's how we begin to change. It's how our character becomes like Christ. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. worship you, God. Hallelujah. Let's continue to praise and raise the worship. Let's continue to praise and raise our worship unto God. Hallelujah. For he is worthy to receive all the praise and all the glory, all the adoration. Belongs to him and him alone. Hallelujah. Oh, we have come to worship you, oh God. We recognize that you are great, that you are our king. That you are the author and consumer of our faith, my God. You are the beginning and the end. Hallelujah. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you, my God. Hallelujah. We thank you, God. Hallelujah. Praise and glory belongs to you, my God. Hallelujah. Lord God, today we say that great are your ways, great are your works, great are you, Lord, in all the earth. Hallelujah. We recognize your greatness, your famous name. You are exalted in all the earth. Hallelujah. We invite you to sing it all to God. Come on together. Great are your ways. Great are your ways, great are your works, great are you, Lord, in all the earth. Great is your power, great is your strength, great are you, Lord, and greatly to be praised. Everybody. Great are your works, great are you, Lord, in all the earth. Great is your power, great is your strength. Great are you, Lord, and greatly to be praised. Your greatness, your famous name is exalted in all the earth. Glory, glory, hallelujah. 
hallelujah, hallelujah. We sing, holy, holy, holy are you, Lord. You are the Lord God Almighty. And we worship you this morning. Hallelujah. Let's sing it together. Holy, holy. Holy, holy, holy. Bring me any 
Hallelujah. Celeste. Hallelujah. Sister Celeste. Hallelujah. Let's maintain our hearts. Let's maintain our hearts in worship. Hallelujah. 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 We worship you, Lord. You are worthy to be praised. Holy, holy, holy. Be ye holy for I am holy. I am your God. Hallelujah. I am your God. Hallelujah. You will find me. When you search me with all your heart, says the Lord. I am coming, says the Lord. I am coming, says the Lord. I am coming. Get your houses in order, says the Lord. I am holy. I am holy. I am holy. Be ye holy. For I am holy. I have sent many in my name. But you have not turned your heart back to me. I am waiting. Repent, says the Lord. Repent, says the Lord. Repent and turn from your ways of wickedness. I am coming in great glory and power. I am a God of love. But I am a God of righteousness. Turn your hearts back to me, says the Lord.
you, Father, that you love us. Thank you for speaking into our hearts, into our spirits, Lord God, into our very souls. We worship you. Lift your hands up in the presence of God and just worship you. Thank you, Father, that you desire that we would come close to you. Strengthen us, my God. Give us your wisdom. Give us discernment, Lord God, to turn away from anything that doesn't belong to you, from anything that would tend to want to separate us from you. Give us strength and boldness to stand for you in this day. May our lives bring great glory and honor to you, Father. We thank you, Lord God, for your kindness, your love, and your tender mercies. Because you love us, Lord God, you speak truth to us. Because you love us, Lord God, you bring us correction, you bring us reproof, you bring us rebuke when we need it. So, Father, we thank you. Open up the eyes of our understanding that we might see any area, Lord God, that we need to get away from, that we need to renounce, that we need to reject. Hallelujah. Cleanse our steps. Cleanse our walk, Lord God, our journey by the blood of the Lamb. Cleanse our souls, the eyes and ears of our soul. Cleanse our hearts. We'll give you the glory for it, Father. Thank you, Father. And in the same atmosphere of worship, let's get ready to release an offering unto the Lord, release the tithe. I don't need to belabor the point. We do this as unto the Lord. Hallelujah. So, Father, we thank you. Thank you, Lord. As we get ready to give in your kingdom, we thank you. You said in your word that you love the cheerful giver. You said in your word that the generous soul will be watered. So, Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord God, that you see our generosity, that you see our faithfulness, you see our consistency. So I thank you. You said according to your word that you would resource us with more as we continue to give. So we thank you for that blessing loop, my God, that allows us to continue to be a blessing in the kingdom of God, to be a blessing to our family, to be a blessing in our local church, to be a blessing in the community where you've set us in. Father, thank you. We pray now that you would receive the tithe and the offering. And for those uh, that are watching the uh, internet, we pray the same blessing over you, that your consistency, that your faithfulness would also be rewarded by Almighty God, by his word. We could never outgive God. So Father, this moment we take a portion of that which you've blessed us with and we sow it into your kingdom and we thank you for your kindness for meeting all of our need according to your riches and glory through Christ Jesus our Lord Father receive the tithe of the offering we give you the praise for it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ Amen come on give him some praise Hallelujah God bless you hard we feel that God is not he's not with us we feel like he has forgotten us amen but I want you to know 
know that he has never forgotten us. He will not forsake us. Amen.
For the best worship experience, please let us remember to put our mobile phones on silent or vibrate during our service. to uh, sign up and attend. The sign-up sheets will be in the back after service. Um, this is an opportunity for you to go deeper in God. This is an encounter. It's not a retreat per se. Um, the whole purpose of it is to have a one-on-one -on -one with God, uh, which we will help facilitate a lot of people in our congregation and in the world, including each and every one of us, um, 
still struggle with things in the past, things maybe we're not even aware of, we somehow feel stuck, or we haven't moved in the levels of God that we would like to. There's things hindering us or holding us back um, somewhat from getting to where we want to be. I often hear uh, some of you saying, oh, I wish I prayed like this. Oh, I wish I could prophesy. Oh, I wish I could this or I wish I could that. Well, you can. The gifts of the Spirit are there for you. Um, but often there's times holding us back that we're not even aware of. And this encounter is designed specifically for that. Um, all of leadership have attended an encounter more than one. Um, and each time we learn something, each time we grow further, each time God peels another layer of the onion that is our lives and our hearts and our souls. Um, I've never come away from one not learning something new, not being deeper in him, not being stronger in him, and not having been delivered of something that I didn't even know I needed deliverance from. So we're encouraging you all to come. It's the weekend of October 25th. We'll be leaving from here. Um, I believe the buses leave at 6 or 6.30. Um, but I need for everyone to sign up in the back and put some sort of a deposit, $5, $10, $25, whatever it is. Even if you don't have a deposit today, please sign up anyway because we need a head count. That way we know what size bus to get. We're estimating the cost for the entire weekend to be somewhere between $75 and $100. You're not going to find that anywhere else. I've been to many encounters and they're two, $300, and that's on the cheap end, and that was years ago. Um, so please, I encourage you all to sign up. We want, this, we want everyone in this church to be flowing in the gifts of the Spirit, Amen. to know what their office is, to know what their purpose is, and to be functioning in the gifts that God has given you. But you can't do that without going through the encounter. We're going to have several pre-encounter sessions that will be done in Sunday school. We'll announce the dates for that. It will likely be in September. Um, I think it may be on here somewhere. Let me see. Yes. Starting September 29th through October 20th, you cannot attend the encounter without attending the session because it's to prep you so you know what to expect. So your heart is softened, so your soul and your spirit and your mind are prepared to get the most out of the weekend. Amen? Amen. So who's signing up? Amen. That's a good number. We need more, but that's a good number. Amen? Um, who's up next, Pastor? Amen. So please stand to your feet and help me welcome the man of God, the angel of the house, our beloved pastor, Victor Nazarian. chapter 3 verses 14 through 21 we'll talk a couple of minutes about understanding his love for this reason I bow my knees to the father of our Lord Jesus Christ from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth 
and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. And now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church, by Christ Jesus, to all generations, forever and ever. Father, we thank Amen. you for your word. Thank you for your word. <coughs> Open up the eyes of our understanding that we might comprehend that which you're sharing with us today. We love you, my God, and we praise you. Holy Spirit, I pray that you minister today. Think through my mind. Speak through my lips. We give you, ascribe unto thee, all the glory, the honor, and the praise. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. amen. Praise God. You may be seated in God's presence. Hallelujah. It's good to be in the presence of God. Amen. amen. So the, a word is used there by Paul. It's a word comprehend. It's the Greek word to take eagerly. So when God reveals something to us, we should eagerly embrace or apprehend that which he is sharing. So Paul was saying, I bow my knee every day that you would be able to comprehend, that you would be able to embrace, that you would be able to obtain or possess as your own with a beneficial effect. When we go to God's word, our desire should be to be able to understand what he is speaking to us, not only on a general le level to the church, to the community, but also on a private level. Holy Spirit takes the Logos and he gives us a rhema. He takes the general word of God and he gives us a specific word for us. And so our heart should eagerly comprehend. Paul prayed for it. That means it's God's will that we ask the Father, give me understanding. The Bible says that if we ask for wisdom, he'll give it to us generously. So we're not to be afraid of asking Heavenly Father for wisdom. So say to your neighbor, we need to ask more. We need to ask Say to your neighbor, we need to ask for the right things. Because we ask, but many times we don't ask for the right things. We ask just for our appetites. We ask just for our flesh. We ask maybe for physical needs. But the greater benefit is when we are filled with the presence of God, when we're filled with the knowledge of God. Because from there, we can um, interact and interface with this earth realm in such a way that would be beneficial for us and beneficial to all those that God would give us the privilege of touching and ministering to. So Paul bowed his knee, so he said this, A, that you would be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. Notice what his priority was. His priority was not that you would have two cars or three homes. His priority would be that you'd be strengthened in the inner man. So he addresses the inner man, which means that you're not your outside persona. Yet most human beings spend all their time dressing this outside one up, and they neglect the inner one. For Paul, it was more important that we be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. Even today, we receive the prophetic word to the congregation. Repent. Turn to me, right? Because many of us, outwardly, we do the things that we think would be pleasing to God, but yet according to the Apostle Paul, who had great revelation, the more important thing was that you dress your inner man correctly. Yes. Amen. So that's where the dedication, the devotion, the repentance, the daily repentance, the daily cleansing needs to be in the ascendancy in our lives. Instead of focusing so much on the outward things, our strength should be from the inside out. Amen. Amen. And then B, he said that Christ would dwell in your hearts through faith. 
So that means we need to address our faith consistently. Because if Christ would dwell in our hearts through faith, that means that faith is a priority. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things that we don't see in the natural realm. So we need to work on our faith every day. Paul said that, we would, uh, that Christ would dwell in our hearts through faith. One time he told uh, the disciples, uh, ye of little faith. Another time he said, ye of great faith. One time he said, I have not seen so much faith, not even in Israel. So faith can grow. Faith is not static. Faith is fluid. You might have little faith now, but as you dedicate yourself to the word of God and prayer and, and dedication to his spirit and dedication to living for him, your faith will grow incrementally, day by day, level by level, as we give ourselves to God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing God's word. So as we dedicate ourselves to discipline of studying the word, of memorizing the word, our faith will, will grow consistently and see that we would be rooted and grounded in love. Everything should be addressed in love. Even when you're angry, you should deal with things in love. Amen. My parents would tell me, this is going to help. It's going to hurt me more than it hurts you. They would say that. I didn't agree with that statement. But I understand now what it means. You know, they love us. They don't want to hurt us. They just want to correct us. Amen. They want us to understand that what you're doing is not good. It's not good for your future. It's not, good, uh, it's not a good habit, whatever it may be. But the truth of the matter is everything we do should be rooted and grounded in love. We should get away from the things that the world prizes. What does the world prize? It prizes pride. It prizes what? Pride and ego, arrogance. I'm better than you. I have better clothing than you do. You went to shop at Macy's? <laughs> I went to Bergdorf Goodness. That's how, this, that's how the world is. You got $100 shoes? Well, I got $200 shoes. You got a Beamer? Well, I got a Maserati. Yeah, that's the way they are. But that should not be us. We should be rooted and grounded, not in pride, not in arrogance, not in ego, but in love. And that love there is agape. It's not phileo. Phileo is brotherly love. That only goes to a certain level. Estorgos. We could be a maybe family kind or a, an unofficial kind of love, or a uncommitted uh, type of love. Eros, eros is when we physically love. But agape is a kind of love even when a person made a mistake. Agape is a kind of love even when, when they're your enemy, you still bless them, you still help them. Yes. It, our lives should be rooted and grounded in love. The word rooted means like a tree to literally take residence, to take ownership of that real estate, to dig deep. Our love should be digging deep in our community, deep for our family, deep for our church family. We should look around and look at each other and do everything motivated by love. Yes. Amen. Our worship should be motivated by love, love for God, love for his presence. Today, I think we touched a dimension of worship that we haven't touched in a while. And my prayer is that we continue to enter that dimension and grow from glory to glory, from grace to grace. God wants to move upon this congregation. He wants to do supernatural things in our midst. Amen. Amen. He wants to draw all men unto himself. And the Bible says when we exalt Jesus, he will draw all men unto him. Yes. So when yes. we exalt Jesus, more and more people will come. When we exalt self, 
we just attract flesh. Be rooted and grounded in love. D, that we would comprehend what is the width, the length, and the depth, and the height to know the love of Christ. So there are dimensions there that God wants us to start tapping into. The first dimension, it's very easy. That's when we uh, maybe play the old games. Remember the Sega games? Mm -hmm. Ping pong? Remember yeah. ping pong? Yeah. Or pong? pong. That's one dimensional. Yeah. Atari. Atari, yeah. Uh, you know, that's, that's all I remember. And that was one dimensional. But it was easy to play. Yes. But it's simple. That's a simple dimension. Anybody could get into that dimension. The second dimension is a little more difficult. Second dimension. When you have two dimensions, you know, us contractors, we understand dimensions. When we want to uh, install carpet, we need two dimensions. We need length and width. And, but Paul was talking about four dimensions. But we, can, we can understand length and width. Uh, uh, the room is 8 by 10. So that's 80, 80 square feet of carpet that we would need. But what about if you need to paint the room? Now you need three dimensions. You need length, width, and height. And you need to get the full square footage. And most people could even comprehend that. You walk into a room, when you're gonna buy a home, they'll give you complete square footage. And, and you, you wanna know the height because you wanna know how much paint to buy, right? So I'm giving you some items in the natural so you can understand how we can flow in these three dimensions. But the fourth dimension is supernatural in nature. The fourth dimension is depth. There's a depth in God that you cannot attain unless you dedicate yourself fully to him. There's a depth in God that in your prayers, as you give yourself to him, God will start showing you things that are not accessible in the flesh. They're not, that are not accessible in books. They're only accessible in your relationship with Almighty God. Amen. And God wants to take us there. He wants to take us into these depths uh, because there are things we do not understand, things that we do not comprehend, even about ourselves. But God is saying, I want to take you to the fourth level. I want you to know me, not just on the three dimensions that most human beings uh, care about. I want you to go further. I want your heart, your very heart, your very soul to know me in such an intrinsic way, in such a personal way that you will be able to stand with boldness and with confidence, be rooted in love and be able to minister effectively and be my ambassador on earth and be my representative. Hallelujah. And E, that, he would, that we would be filled with all the fullness of God. And that word filled there means completely. Say it in neighbor, completely. completely. It's, not, it's not enough to just a quarter cup of God. That's not enough. That'll leave you hungry. We need to be uh, hungry for God. And we need to be filled to overflowing. Remember what he said? Give and it shall be given unto you. Yes. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. That's what God wants. God wants a running over anointing in your life. Amen. It's not enough for you to just have only enough for you. You need a running over anointing because every time you go to someone in a community and God says, there's a person I have a need, so let some of that run over upon that person. You need to have enough for you, but you need to have some for other people too. And many Christians today, they're barely dragging to church on Sundays. They're just getting there and you oh, oh, pray, bless God, I got to church. No more energy, no more engine. The engine is gone. <coughs> the gas is totally, completely gone. I remember one time my car 
started acting really bad. Turn on, turn off, and it just really, really bad. So I brought it over. I just was able to get it to the mechanic. The mechanic checked it out. Afterwards, he says, Victor, it'd be great if you put oil in the car. There's no oil in the car. So I said, oh, you got to do that, huh? Okay. <laughs> so from now on, I learned the car has to have two things, gas and oil. Yes. And you have to check that. It's your responsibility to check that. Have you checked your oil, the oil in your tank? God wants it full. Say, the neighbor needs to be full. You know, many Christians only, only think that they need a once a month anointing. They need a once a month fill up. They come to church once a month and they think that's enough. No, you need every day. Jesus said, pray every day. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Every single day we need to be with the Father. Jesus would go every day in the morning before anybody got up. He would be in the mountain talking to the Father, interfacing with the Father, fellowshipping with the Father. And he came down with power and grace and glory to be able to minister to humanity. We need more of God. We need less of self and more of God. And Paul was saying, I bow my knee that you would be able to understand that. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. So supernatural dimensions where we need to go. That word depth, serious, deep, intricate. We know depth, let's say the ocean, the deepest parts of the ocean, the mysterious things. Well, they're not mysterious. We just have to get to know God more. We get to know God more. God would reveal the hidden things of God. Deep calleth unto deep. And then in Ephesians 3.20, he says, Now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. And it's interesting because he uses two words that mean similar things, but yet they have different expressions, like exceedingly, abundantly. Isn't it like the same thing? Exceedingly, it, to me it seems like excess. God's already saying abundantly. He could, he could have said, now unto him who is able to abundantly do he could have said that, and I would have understood it. But no, he says, now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. And Paul had a powerful revelation. He knew, he understood that God never blesses you according to what you want. He always goes way beyond. The word exceeding is the word in Greek, hooper. Hooper. Hooper means over and above, beyond. So God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we above all that we above all that we So in other words when we ask God is able to do exceeding abundantly above he does a hooper above beyond and superior to according to that Greek word superior to anything that you want when God puts in your heart something, he's already thinking superior. He's always, he already is thinking above and beyond. More than. And then it, when you look at the Greek, it, it, it says, Hooper ek perisos. The word perisos means abundant, super abundant. Amen. So God is able to do more than above, beyond, superior to, more than you could even think, but super abundantly so. The word perisos also means beyond and excessive. See, God 
is amazing. Because when he's going to bless, he doesn't give you a tree, he gives you a forest. He doesn't give you a cup of water, he gives you an ocean. Have you ever been in the ocean? I mean, I go to the beach, I just see a little portion, only as far as my eye can see. But when I get on a cruise ship, that's all there is is water. I said, God, you're so awesome. You're so amazing. You're so abundant. You're so super abundant. Amen. So the original language was saying, and this was Paul in his revelation, people, you do not understand. Whatever you're asking or thinking, whatever you're asking God to do for you, he is already preparing to do exceeding abundantly or way beyond yes. your ability to even think about it or even ask. And we don't want to ask me who think we think it's too much. God is a God of excessive. Because that's the way he is. He doesn't just bless. Give and it shall be given to you. Press down. And running over. Shall men give unto your bosom. So God will cause a superabundant blessing to come back to us when our heart's in the right place. When we understand that we need to focus on the inner man and build the inner man. Instead of focusing on the things, God said, seek my kingdom first and I'll give you these things. Remember when the young king, Solomon, um, was asked by God in a dream, what can I do for you? And so the young king said, well, I need wisdom. To, to be able to serve these people. They're, they're too big for me. I'm young. He says, since you have asked that and you have not asked for fame or riches, I'm going to give you the wisdom, but I'm also going to give you the riches. Amen. Are you getting that? Yes. yes. Isn't that amazing? God says, I'm going to give you the wisdom that you asked for, but I'm also going to give you the riches. So what God is saying is, he says, listen, I'm an abundant God. I'm a super abundant God. I have more than enough for all of you. There are no limits in my presence, in my kingdom. The problem is you have it all backwards. You're seeking the things, but I want you to seek me. And if you would come back to God and get your life in order, then God would say, now I can work with you. I can give you my resources, and my resources will flow to you, and my resources will flow through you. Because that's what he wants. We are his hands. We are his feet. Remember the revelation in, in uh, what is it, Ephesians 1 and 2. We are his body. So as we walk as his body, we then become the love of God. Manifest, incarnate, in our community. So God is saying, I want to give you the, the wealth so that you could give it as an inheritance to those that have been ripped off. Communities have been ripped off. Government has ripped off community. And there are people around us that are feeling that. They're feeling the weight of the poverty. They're feeling the weight of the shame. They're feeling the weight of I'm not worth it. And God wants to restore their beauty. And he sends us to do so. But if we're so caught up in me, in that, that, um, that tripartite, me, myself, and I, if we're so caught up in that, we'll be useless in an area that needs an ambassador. That you may be filled with the love of God. That you may be filled 
And God is able, he is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you ask or think. You've been asking God for things. And the enemy has made it seem like God's not hearing you, that God doesn't care or it's not going to happen or your prayers aren't reaching. Listen, even in scripture, God allowed a scenario to open up to us in the case of Daniel. Daniel had prayed to God for wisdom, yes. again, yes. the right thing, yes, right. but it didn't come. Right. And so Daniel fasted in order for this answer to come. Yes. Daniel was a righteous man, and he wanted wisdom regarding the latter days, what, you know, what was going to happen in the latter days. And he prayed and he fasted. Nothing happened the first day. He got no wisdom. He was used to getting understanding. One time, he needed wisdom that very night because the next day they were going to cut his head off. The, the king had demanded, is it, if I don't get the wisdom I need, kill all of them, because they're useless to me. And so Daniel said, God, I need wisdom, and I need it tonight. Otherwise, I'll be in your presence tomorrow. And God would give him wisdom right away. And I mean, I'm talking about detailed wisdom, word of knowledge, word of wisdom. I mean, he, he would, God would give him dreams and interpretations, right? But this time around, he's asking for wisdom and nothing. So he waited two days, five days, and praying and fasting. Seven days, 14 days, 15 days, 16 days, but he continued steadfast. You know why he continued steadfast? Because he knew God. He knew that God was faithful. He didn't stop. He didn't give up. And this is an issue that the body of Christ has got to address. We give up too easy. The reason why we give up too easy is because we really, we really don't think that God's going to answer us because we don't have a relationship with God. Because if you had a relationship with God, you wouldn't give up. We wouldn't give up. So I know God. God, something must be going on in the heavenlies. I'm not aware of it, but something must be going on. And he kept on, he kept on waiting, he kept on asking, he kept on standing. On the 21st day, an archangel showed up and said, Daniel, the first day that you set your heart to understand these things, I was sent to you. But I was caught up in the heavenlies with a principality, and I've been fighting all this time to get through. And this is why we need to start to learn to understand the deep things of God. Because we're serving God here, and God's saying, I need for you to come deep. Because right now, in the United States, there are things that are happening. There are witches and warlocks and people and ideologies that are all attacking our nation. They're attacking our kids. They're attacking our schools. They are Some of them are in government. Yes. And they have deep strategies for the communities to take them over and to, to, to shun us and to shut us down. But if we stood in wisdom and understanding and we, we, we would start our prayer and, and our strategies hearing God instead of just, mm, let me see, let me try this, let me try. No, we hear God, we'll be able to shut down the strategies of the wicked one. So we know and understand that there are times that there's a delay. But delay does not mean that God is not going to respond. Delay does not mean that God did not hear you people. There are times my wife calls me, I don't pick up the phone. And the reason why I don't pick it up is because I had it in my pocket, I forgot to turn on the little button that allows it, so it's, and I don't have 
that vibrate thing, because it'll be vibrating all day long. Yeah, so I have it on silent because people are texting me yeah. and sending me stuff. And I don't know how you guys could have that thing on because I, I, I detest it. I, I'm like, <laughs> all day long. I said, no, it's all right. I'll, when I get there, I'll get there. And, and so what ends up happening is later on I see it or I go home. She says, I called you. I went, you're right. I'm sorry. She expected the call. Why? Because she knows me. And we have a relationship. Got it? God expects us to stand in the middle of the heat. Because he knows us. And he called us. Listen, I have you there in the heat because you're the light. I have you there because those people need my word. I'm trusting you. I don't need for you to be a mess. I need for you to stand and be strong and be bold and be consistent. And be clear in your head. So when God is saying, I'm able to do exceeding abundantly above all you can ask or think, what he's saying, that there's so much more for us that we haven't tapped in. And Paul is saying, I bow my knee every day that you would understand this. This is vital for you. This is God's will for you. God desires for you to understand that even when you think you're asking big, God is saying, is that all you got? Let me put it this way. Your ask is a baseline. Mm -hmm. And God always goes beyond, yes. well above, super abundantly above the baseline. Yes. God, I know I don't need to be prideful, so Father, if I could just, just give me one soul, just one soul. God is saying, one, I'm going to give you a hundred. God, I know I really can't preach, but you know, help me to preach some. I'll stand in the street corner and I'll just preach to one person. I'm going to give you stadiums. See, God is a God that thinks big. We're the ones that limit it. Hallelujah. And, and I'm just sensing the presence right, of God right now as I sense that. Because I believe there's a breakthrough moment for you. God is saying to you right now, I want to take the limit away from you. Because the limit has been hindering my relationship with you. Because instead of listening to me, you've been listening to the limit. But today I'm going to break the limit off of you. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Glory to God. You can do exceeding abundantly. I learned something about the ask. The ask is a very powerful thing. The Bible says, ask and you shall receive. Sometimes it says, you've asked, but you ask wrong. You ask for your own desires. But the ask is one of the most powerful things on this earth realm. When you look at anything successful, behind the scene, you'll always see the ask. I'm going to write a book about it. I'm serious. Actually, I am. I'm, no, no, I'm serious. This is so deep. And I'm just going to touch on two or three things about it so you can understand where I'm coming from. And this has been like a personal revelation to me. Everybody asks. It's normal to ask. God made us as creatures that can communicate and can ask for things that are necessary. The multimillionaires, they are multimillionaires because they're always asking everybody. All the time. They'll spend a million dollars on an advertisement which is actually geared to ask you to go buy their hamburgers. And wherever you go, you'll have that advertisement. You on the bus? Buy my burgers. 
Go to the train, buy my burgers. You open up your mail, buy, buy my burgers. Open up AOL, buy my burgers. They are asking and bald-faced. They don't get embarrassed, they don't get ashamed. They ask everybody. And you know what happens? People buy their burgers. I hate the commercials, but I even know the, the, the ditty, the music. Because they, so much, all the time, all the time asking, all the time asking. Right? Poor people also ask. And lazy people also ask. Now listen, I just got this, I just saw it, it's an epiphany. Poor people, hardworking poor people, ask. But the problem is they limit who they ask. Amen. You know who they ask? They ask their supervisor. Can I have a job? So sure, I can pay you $15 an hour. All right, I'll take the job. And then for the rest of their life, they're complaining that they don't make enough money. But it's your fault, because you submitted yourself to that person, and you limited how much you can ask. In essence, you gave up your authority to ask by submitting to that limit. I'm talking about this and I'm having fun right now. Yeah, I'm having fun because it's a breakthrough for me. So, oh my God, all these years, I thought you go to school and you get a job. The problem with that is what you're saying, or what that principle is saying, is you're gonna to submit to somebody and they're gonna tell you how much you're worth. Yes. See, the multimillionaires don't allow anybody to tell them how much they're worth. So they ask all the time. They make a million, well, I need to make another million. I need to make 10 million, I need to make 50 million. I need to buy me a yacht, so I'm gonna need 100 million just for the yacht. Yeah, and, and there's no limits in their head. I can do exceeding abundantly above all that you ask or think, God says. Now, I'm not talking about um, a prosperity gospel here. I'm just giving you a principle of life. Yes. And then the lazy man or lazy woman, because I don't want you ladies to think that you're exempt. <laughs> now, think about it. The lazy person also asks. They ask the government. I'm not talking about hardworking people like single mothers that need help from the government. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about lazy people. And I know, because when I manage buildings, I bought a building one time in the Bronx. And I had, a, I had two residents in that apartment building who were strong, young, and boasted that they got everything free from the government. They boasted it to me, I know, because I heard them from my, my, own, my own experience. Oh, I don't do anything. Government pays for it. So why don't you, you know, oh yeah, I go to school, I do this and that. You know. Lazy. But here's the problem. If you're lazy and you're asking the government to take care of you, guess who's determining how much you get? The government only give you so much. And then for you to get a little more, you have to lie upon lie upon lie upon lie. That's a lying lifestyle. And if they catch you, you can get in some very serious trouble. See, so in, either you take the limits off and you ask and ask and ask, or you let somebody else ask for you. Hallelujah. There's gotta be a breakthrough for somebody here today. So I'm not saying you shouldn't have a job. What I'm saying is, <clears throat> while you have the job, where's your second stream? Where's your third stream of income? That's right. well, I can't afford to tithe. There's a problem with that. That's right. There's a problem with that. Legitimately, you might not have enough. You only have enough for, so then you're limited. You've got to think outside the box. 
God has strategies, wisdom, understanding in the spirit realm. I don't know how to sing. Well, learn to sing. I don't know how to preach. Well, learn to preach. In other words, there are no limits except the limits you put upon yourself. Hallelujah. I, I can't evangelism. I'm, or rather, I can't evangelize. Yes, you can. You just have a fear. You need to break the fear and get into that place of abundance in the area of boldness. This, this works in every area of our lives. Right now, listen, I'm not telling you something and not living it. Right now, I went back to school. I'm in school right now. I'm learning concepts that are so foreign to me that I need somebody to take me hand by hand. Here, this is what you do. This is what you do. Where's Julio? Julio, I did my first catch page yesterday. <laughs> Only he would understand that. That was one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. I had to learn what tiny earls are. URLs, I'm talking this language. Two years ago, I would say, I can't do that stuff. I could, I just had a limit in my brain. Anytime I would think about it, the brain would tell me, you, you don't know how to do that stuff. Are you aware that your brain is only telling you an echo of the past? God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think. These are the days where God is wanting to expand his people. Say, say to yourself, I'm expanding. I'm expanding. Now you didn't say that we're passionate. Say, I'm expanding. Now I need you, I need you to sense that in the spirit that God is expanding you today for his glory. Expand. Expand in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. All that you know is not all that's out there. All, you, all that you know is that which you've limited yourself to receive. But God is saying, I'm about ready to do exceeding abundantly above all that you can ask or think. But the posture there has to be that we have to be willing to receive it. We have to be willing to receive it. Say to your neighbor, it's time to become willing to receive it. Now get out of your seat and go to five people and tell them the same thing. Come on, give them an encouragement. Exceeding abundantly above Amen. all that you ask or think. Yes. Yes. Praise God. What baseline have you given them? What baseline have you given yourself? What limit? What limits have you upon yourself, upon your mind, physically, emotionally? We get angry at people because you know we deserve more, we want more. We need more, and yet they don't care. The beauty about this is that if you learn to ask, you don't need them. That's right. Yes. Because there'll be always somebody that will respond to your ask. That's right. 
McDonald's is not a huge corporation because it makes the best burgers. You and I know that. But every year they make hundreds of millions, maybe even billions worldwide, because they don't care for the one that says no, they only appreciate the one that says yes. That's right. Isn't it interesting that Jesus sent the disciples two by two into each town, and he tells them that go and bless them with the peace of God, right? And tell them you're there to preach the kingdom of God. And if a son of peace is there, they'll receive you. If not, turn around, wipe the dust off your feet, and keep it moving. That's the modern day vernacular. What we do is we ask and they say no, we get embarrassed. That's why most people are poor. Most poor people are poor because they get embarrassed and they get afraid to ask again. That's right. The millionaires don't care, they're always asking. The poor people don't ask because they get afraid and they get embarrassed when somebody tells them no. You know what that is? It's, it's a fear of rejection. I don't know why I'm going with this. It's not in the notes. I just feel a passion to share it. It's something that God wants to break in your mind, in your heart, in your soul today. We get afraid. Where does that come from? For many, it comes when they were children. And the parents will say, no, don't do that. No, no, no. All they heard was no, no, no. So they learn not to ask because you're going to get a no. But today, God is saying, ask and you shall receive. Ask and you shall receive. Ask more and you'll receive more. Learn to ask. Learn to be open to receive from God. Learn to be open to receive the wisdom of God, the revelation of God. It'll reveal itself in different ways. I'm not talking about just money here. I'm talking about um, greater influence. I'm talking about uh, greater ministry. I'm talking about greater effectiveness. We need to learn to ask. But I don't know this. Well, ask. That's what I'm doing right now. I'm going through a one-year course. It's very complicated for me. For somebody else, it'll be easy. But for me, it's complicated. But yet I'm asking God, Father, give me the wisdom, understanding, open up the areas of my mind that need to understand this kind of thinking. I have to stop being linear. I have to expand my thinking. Because we're coming into the greatest days of influence that can bring more and more people into the kingdom of God, disciple more people, and and touch more people for the kingdom of God. And at the same time, stop the work of the enemy in communities. Because he's out there destroying. That's what he does. He's a destroyer. But what can we do to come in and say, nope, by the wisdom and the knowledge of God, I'm going to now bring deliverance. I'm going to set people free because I have something to share. I have the wisdom of God. I didn't know it, but I opened up myself and I learned it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I've heard so many stories of people that in their younger years, they thought that they were not supposed to be smart because they were told they were dumb. I, just the other day, I saw one in the, in the, uh, in the internet. Uh, it, was, uh, it was a Christian show. And this gentleman who's an owner of corporations, and he's a Christian, he's a millionaire now, when he was young, the school had determined 
that he would never go past like second or third grade knowledge or understanding. And today he glorifies God because he gave his life. So whatever I have, Lord, I give it to you. I know it's not much, but I give it to you. And God started opening up his mind. God started opening up his understanding, the hidden treasures in the depths of his soul. God started drawing it out. And today this is a man of wisdom and understanding. And the people that meet him now would have never thought that he was that way in the past. And today, today the Lord is saying to us, stop looking at what you see before you. Start looking through my eyes. Because I want to do great things in your generation. And for those that would partner with me, they will get the benefit of walking with me as they see the expansion, as they see the blessing, as they see the, the benefits. Amen. And they will be conduits. So you know conduits, they water, but they get water themselves. You know a pipe? Yes. You put water through a pipe, what happens? It goes on the other side, right? It'll, it'll take water from point A to point B. It'll transport. But it gets watered itself. Yes. And God is, is saying to us that he wants us to be the conduits of blessing, but in being the conduit, we'll be also blessed. Amen. We'll also be watered ourselves. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And in all that, in all that, the last verse is, to him be glory in the church by Jesus Christ. Be glory in the church. So when people come to church, when people see you at work and family and community, they should be giving glory to God. They should look at you and say, wow, glory to God. So we should bring glory to God in and through our lives. And lastly, he says, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations. So God's not dealing with just one generation. So Paul was talking about his generation. But he was also talking to us yes. generations later. Yes. And guess what? We have children right next to us. Yes. Yes. May God receive glory in Amen. their generation. Amen. What about the grandchildren? May God receive glory in their generation. What about the great-grandchildren? May God receive glory in that generation. Not only are we running the race, we also have a baton that we need to pass on to another generation. Hallelujah. So Paul said, I bow my knee that you would understand this, that you would comprehend. In other words, seize it, grab it, make it your own. Own it. So now it's your responsibility. Now it's your turn. Assess your limits. And ask God to show you why they're there. Because he didn't put them there. That's right. The limits you know he put there are the limits of righteousness. In other words, I uh, can't do that because that's not God's will. It's not pleasing. We understand those limits. And we want those limits. But anything else that precludes us from, from really doing great things for God, that precludes us from really getting out there and, and really being all for God, there's something in there that we need. To, there, there are roots that we need to root out. Yes. There are words, curses. Past statements, past failures that we took upon ourselves and made them permanent. A failure is not permanent. It's just something didn't work out. So you try another way. So that didn't work out. How many of you saw my RV? Remember you saw my RV? How many of you saw the RV? Remember I brought it over there? I literally put it out there. I sold it. I sold it. I loved it. I sold it. This was a mistake. You know why? Because my goal was to make it an office while I'm in the city. 
I go anywhere, I have my office, I have a bed if I need to stay a day or two, you know, an office, a working, functional office. Problem was that when I bought it, I never thought that New York City was not RV friendly. Yeah, but I bought a small one, it was only 20 feet. Uh, 20 feet too much. Because in New York, you have to buy, a, you know, one of these little sport for two or smart two, smart for two, to get a parking. I could not find one parking in the Bronx. I couldn't even park it here. I would have to leave it double parked. For those of you that went in, you remember you saw it? Beautiful. Yeah. Brand new. I sold it. So what do I do? Oh, I messed up. I'm a mess. I can't do anything. I'm a failure. No, it didn't work. I made the deal, sold it, lost some money. Okay, next. Keep it moving. It didn't work out. So my wife and I says, that was a mistake. Yeah, honey, it wasn't your mistake, it was mine. I own it. So, let me see. Things to do. RV, not. <laughs> so that's how we learn. When we make mistakes, we learn. Don't touch the hot iron. Why? Oh. That's how we learn. As human beings, this is how we learn. Yesterday, my grandson, he's six months old. So video, video, we saw the video. So she goes, the mother goes, say mama, he, he goes, mama. <laughs> and she's celebrating that, that he said mama. I say mama all the time, nobody celebrates me. <laughs> ah, but the first time, because we understand we are in process. So, so listen, cut yourself some slack. Stop being so hard on yourself. Yes, you've blown it. Guess what? We all have. Tell your neighbor, I've blown it too. Tell your neighbor, I didn't blow it as much as you, but I did blow it too. <laughs> we've all blown it. We've all messed up. We've all made mistakes. That is not a bad thing. It's just a way not to do it. That's part of the way we learn. But you don't give up. Say, neighbor, don't give up. Never give up. Hallelujah. Come on, give him some praise. Thank you, Lord. Bow your heads with me. Father, we thank you for your kindness. We thank you for opening up the eyes of our understanding. I pray for your people today that they would be able to see the areas where they have received limits so that they can address that and, and allow you by your Holy Spirit to pluck it out, to root it out, that they would be all that you're calling them to be. Thank you, Father, that you could do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. Thank you, Father, that you're taking us deeper, Lord God, that we might be able to go to the depths, the deep things of God, and understand what you're doing today. Bless, Lord, your people, I pray, O oh God. Open up the eyes of the understanding. We give you the praise, right? In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Praise God. Did you get some out of that? I, I got my part. Praise the Lord. So stand. If you need prayer, once I dismiss you, or the, the altar will remain open. And please feel free to come forward if you need prayer. Hallelujah. Family, I'm so grateful to be a part of you, be part of your family. I'm so thankful to you. I'm thankful for who we are as a church family. I'm grateful. I appreciate Celeste and the team that went yesterday to evangelize. Thank you for the pictures. Absolutely precious. Thank you. Thank you all. Appreciate it.
You were there also? Yeah, I saw you. You and your daughter. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. That was absolutely amazing. Praise God. And you got a beautiful day, too. It was raining in Pennsylvania. I know. I know. I know it's hot. But I'd rather have that than 20 degrees. Hallelujah. So, Father, thank you for all that was done yesterday in that fair, in that place, that outreach, my God. So grateful that the churches are coming together, Heavenly Father, in this community. Thank you. May that continue to grow. Lord, you showed me a couple of years ago that underneath this ground, there are roots, root systems, spiritual root systems of people that prayed in generations past for this community. And those root systems are still alive. So, Father, thank you for linking us in to that root system of this community. Thank you, my Lord. I pray for your people, Lord God, as they go to their homes, that you would allow this, this teaching, this revelation, to be a breakthrough in their hearts, a breakthrough in their spirits, a breakthrough in their actions, that they would learn to receive from you and that they would learn to ask. Ask is not a bad thing. Ask is a wonderful thing. And you've given us this revelation. So, Father, we thank you. We're going to ask, and we're going to ask big. Because you are a God of superabundance. Superabundance. Exceeding, you are the exceeding abundantly God. And thank you for being our God. Thank you for loving us and for giving us the privilege of being adopted in your family through Christ. Through the blood of the Lamb. Father, thank you. I dismiss your people. And we thank you that you're with them, that your angels encamp around the bottom and guard them in all their ways. Bless them in their fellowship today with their families and friends and grant them wisdom and strategy throughout the week. And show them what they have to ask for so that they might be able to receive it so they can continue to give it. Hallelujah. We give you the praise for it. In the name that is above all names, the name of the Lord of Lords, King of Kings, Jesus Christ, amen and amen. God bless you all. Remember, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Love you. God bless.